We're going to be in uh, really uh, one, one whole verse uh, the whole time. Uh, ready for it? Uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Um, this is not the first slide there, Carly, so if you can just like uh, kind of try to find this somehow. It says this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Um, that is gospel good news. Amen. I mean, just I hope that we can just like be a people of God that 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 know like, hey, I need this to be spoken to me, and I need to speak this to others. That that's my whole goal this morning is that you just like get this one phrase, this one sentence in your brain, and 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 you let it kind of wash over your own spirit, your own life, uh, and, and that you're also equipped then to be able to speak it to other people. So uh, will you just say it with me? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Let's say it again. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Um, I, I want to suggest uh, to you that, that there's maybe five different scenarios uh, where you might speak this or need to hear this gospel good news. And, uh, and, and five different scenarios, you'll probably connect with at least one of them. Um, some of us will probably connect with all five of them, right? So, so five different scenarios. Um, where, where you might speak this or, or need to hear this. The first one is when you are facing confusion um, or selfishness. When you're facing confusion or selfishness. And the reason that we start here is because that's actually the immediate context of, of this uh, little verse. Uh, Romans 16, verses 17 through 19. Um, 17 through 19, Paul is actually warning the church in Rome that there is going to be confusion and selfishness that will come. Here's the kind of back story to that. Uh, Paul has watched this happen a couple of times in his ministry. It happened uh, to the church that he planted in, in Corinth, and it happened to the church that he planted in Galatia. Now, uh, Paul has never actually been, uh, you know, with these people in Rome, but uh, he's been writing to them and he's heard about them. And what he's been doing for the last 16 chapters is explaining the gospel. This is what he did. Right? He would go to places, he'd preach the gospel good news, um, he would teach them certain things about Jesus and what Jesus stood for, right? And then uh, he would kind of let that be, and he'd call that a church, and then he would move on. And, and, and what's happening here is, uh, is Paul has twice watched him leave, right? He's, he's, he's left, and he's watched false teachers come in. And those false teachers come in and they preach a different gospel if they preach the gospel at all, if they preach good news at all, in other words. And he's uh, watched them teach different things about Jesus if they even talk about Jesus at all. And, and so he's watched this happen a couple of different times. And, and what Paul is saying is like, hey, you guys have, have a really good faith connection to Jesus and you guys have a really strong, a strong solid teaching foundation of the gospel and about who Jesus is. And so you should be careful and be warned, right, that there's going to be confusion that comes in. There's going to be, um, there's, there's going to be selfishness that comes in. In other words, there's going to be flashy speakers that look good and sound good, and, and they're going to be saying different things for their own personal gain. Again, there's a backstory there, right? Paul has seen that happen twice in his ministry, and it's created a lot of confusion and a lot of um, selfishness in the churches that he left. And he's warning them about that. And, uh, and, and, and he's just saying, hey, we need to pay attention to that. And the gospel good news for when that happens is guess what? I lost my notes. <laughs> uh, the gospel good news, yeah, there it is, is that the God of peace, right, will soon crush Satan under your feet. 
Uh, because confusion and, um, and selfishness are, are weapons, are tools, right, that Satan uses. So um, we probably uh, don't have too many disagreements doctrinally. We probably don't have too many disagreements, um, you know, teaching-wise today, but uh, there's no shortage of confusion, right? I mean, over and over again, the last couple of weeks, I've just heard so many people confused about COVID-19 and restrictions and regulations and mandates and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's been a lot of confusion over that. There's been a lot of confusion over the national political scene, right? And, and why Russia's doing what Russia's doing and why things aren't being done about that. There's a lot of confusing things today. And, and, uh, and there's uh, no shortage of probably selfishness in your own heart and mind and in the heart and mind of people around you that you are watching. And so, so this is um, a, a place where, where, where we need good news to be spoken to our hearts, uh, maybe where we need to speak good news to somebody else who's feeling confused or is seeing selfishness. And that gospel of good news, right, is that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. In other words, confusion and selfishness don't last forever. Second scenario. Second scenario where um, this might need to be spoken is, is when there is disagreements and, and bad behavior over disagreements. Uh, I don't know how many of you have been uh, tracking with us through the course of this series, but we talked about this a couple of, of weeks ago. This was when I was like standing on the chair over here, you know, awkwardly, and, and we were talking about the disagreements that were happening in uh, the church at Rome. So this is just going back a couple of chapters to chapter 14. And, um, and in chapter 14, Paul is, is talking to two people groups that had a lot of disagreements. Uh, the church essentially had two people groups, right? There were Gentile disciples. Uh, those folks were just saying, hey, we are, we are free, right? Because of what Jesus has done, we're free to eat whatever we want. Yay. We're free to drink whatever we want. Yay. Right? There's every day is the same. There's no day that's more important than any other day. The other side, the other uh, group, uh, is the Jewish disciples, and, and they grew up, uh, you know, culturally, ritually saying, hey, you should not eat these kind of things. You should not drink these kind of things. There are certain days that are more important than other days. And, 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 and they understood that Jesus, you know, creates freedom and, and, and brings freedom to our lives, and yet um, they wanted to hold on to some of these things from their past and from their rituals and traditions because, because they're actually good and helpful things to them and their connection to Christ. Um, the, the problem wasn't the disagreement so much as uh, how they were behaving with those disagreements. Right? We talked about how they were judgmental, um, how they condemned the other side. Um, how they were arguing passionately, right, uh, probably with loud, uh, mean tones to one another, and how they, uh, they often tried to just be louder than the other side and win more people to their, uh, to, to their you know, space, to their ground. And again, right, our disagreements might be over something far different, but we have no shortage of disagreements today, Right? And we have no shortage of bad behavior over disagreements. And we have disagreements and bad behavior over those disagreements at home, <laughs> at work, um, in our church sometimes, uh, certainly on the national political scene, as we've already kind of mentioned. We have plenty of disagreements, plenty of bad behavior, and those things, just like our first scenario, raise this kind of hullabaloo in our hearts it raises commotion and fuss in our hearts. It makes us uncomfortable. 
And so in those moments, right, in those scenarios, Paul brings in this gospel good news that those things don't last forever. He says the God of peace will soon crush Satan with all of his disagreements and all of his bad behavior under your feet. You're tracking how this is good news for us in the very situations and moments that we live in? Yes? No? Yeah? Okay, good. <laughs> You're just like soaking it in. I'm just trying to make sure we're all tracking on the same page. Um, uh, look, look at this. A, a third scenario would be, would, would be that you, you are in a losing streak. You're in a losing streak. Just a little bit of a side note on this. Did you know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, when they started their franchise, okay, 26 straight losses to start their franchise. Did you know that? I didn't personally know that. I found that to be fascinating. Can you imagine you're starting this franchise and, uh, and, and you're in, you know, game 25? Like, are you expecting to win or are you expecting to lose? Right? It's just we, sometimes we get stuck in these seasons, right, where, where we're in this losing streak. And, uh, and when we get stuck in those losing streak seasons, we sort of expect to lose. We expect to lose the next game. And sometimes there's things happening in our life or in our world where it just feels like Satan is winning. Uh, besides the confusion and the selfishness and the disagreements and the bad behavior that we've already mentioned, sometimes loved ones get sick. Sometimes loved ones die. Uh, sometimes we stumble over the same sin again. Uh, sometimes we, we see friends or the world living in a way that is not pleasing to God. Um, sometimes uh, war, war breaks out in the world. Um, sometimes uh, we, we face brokenness in our relationships uh, with other people. And, and all these things are sort of pile on top of another, and it just feels like we're in this losing streak. It feels like we're in this season of losing, and we almost expect to lose again. And, and it's in those kind of scenarios that the gospel good news disrupts the despairing hullabaloo in our hearts, the despairing commotion and fuss that says, you're a loser. And God comes and says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Uh, fourth scenario, fourth scenario that this might be helpful is, uh, is when we forget Anybody ever forget anything? Of course you do, right? And so just see this, right? Sometimes, sometimes we forget um, that Satan has a really long history of losing. Uh, this would tell us, right, that Satan has a really long history of losing and that God has a really long history of winning. Amen? I mean, this is such good news, but we just kind of forget it. And it's connected to scenario number three where we kind of get stuck in that season of losing but y'all, like, I, I, I had to be really selective about the verses that I'm about to share with you. I'm just going to rattle through some verses right now that tell us that God has a really long history of winning. And, and I'm leaving out a whole bunch of them. I'm, I'm only doing one Old Testament passage here and a bunch of New Testament, and I'm still leaving out a ton. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. All right, this is, this is such a beautiful verse because notice the language, right? Paul says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And what did Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 say? A man will be born from a woman and Satan will bruise his heel, but the man would what? Crush his head. You don't think that Paul is thinking about Genesis 3 15 when he says this? Gospel good news to us. 
Um, uh, Genesis 3 is, is right after a huge loss, <laughs> right? The people of God, Adam and Eve, had just uh, given in to temptation. They just tried to take control uh, of their own destiny and became their own little gods. And, uh, and, and God comes with this incredible promise that he will crush Satan. And then you move all the way forward to Jesus, right? And, and you, and you uh, see Jesus in the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4, right? Satan comes and tempts Jesus three different times. You know how many times Satan won? Exactly, zero times, right? Jesus resisted the temptation every single time. He threw God's word at Satan, and Satan had no hold on him. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, Jesus canceled the record of charges against us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. What that means is that Satan took all of your sin, he took all of your record of wrongs, and he nailed it to the cross, which means that Satan can't use your sins and your record of wrongs against you anymore. He can't throw shame and guilt at you. He has no, nothing against you anymore because of what Jesus has done. Jesus disarmed Satan. That means that Satan is powerless. Jesus won on the cross and the empty tomb. First John chapter 3, verse 8, the reason Jesus appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Such a powerful verse, right? We've, I think we've actually looked at that verse at Christmas time here. The reason that Jesus appeared was to destroy the work of the devil, right? Uh, the word crush in our gospel good news statement is, uh, it means to shatter or to break. Uh, the word destroy means to, you know, annihilate, uh, to completely remove or get rid of. The reason Jesus appeared was to destroy the work of the devil. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 it was a beautiful verse. Saints, uh, the saints, the people of God, conquer Satan, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We've used that verse here before, and we've talked about how the blood of the Lamb is already a done deal, right? That, that's something that Jesus did on the cross, and that can't be undone. The people of God conquer Satan in an ongoing way by the blood of the Lamb. And just see this, the people of God, the church, continues to celebrate victory and continues to crush the head of Satan as they speak their words of testimony, as they speak about who Jesus is and what he has done. The, the, the church wins. <laughs> the church wins through the word of God being spoken. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25, last one here, and then we'll move on to the next scenario. Christ must reign until all his enemies are put under his feet. Right, so that means that Christ is already reigning. Uh, he, he's already won. He's already uh, the victorious King of kings and Lord of lords. And, uh, and yet there are still enemies lurking out there that need to be put under his feet. So the message here, right, oh, oh, from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the book of Revelation is that, is that Jesus uh, promised to crush the head of Satan. Jesus did crush the head of Satan. Um, the church is still crushing Satan and Jesus will return and crush Satan again. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that uh, because we get stuck looking at everything that's going wrong. We get stuck feeling like we're in a losing season and a losing streak. And man, we just need that gospel good news to disrupt our hearts and our minds. We need to remember, right, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. 
Um, last scenario uh, that, that we might want to just speak this gospel good news is simply when you can't find peace. <laughs> it's pretty interesting, right? I've talked before about how uh, this is something that we just kind of long for right now and, and, and we want it, but it feels like almost that out of reach thing that you're just like, you kind of get your fingertips on, but it's just not within your reach. You know what I mean? Like we just, we want peace. We want that wholeness. We want that kind of, you know, complete satisfaction. We want to be able to have two thumbs up in our hearts, no matter the scenario and situation. But man, it just feels a little bit out of reach. Um, and, and, and sometimes, I don't know, like for me, uh, like I'll go and, and, and imagine, right, that I can find my peace by waking up earlier than everybody else in my house, <laughs> sitting with a cup of coffee in the quiet and, uh, and, and reading. Uh, I'll imagine that I can find peace uh, maybe, you know, on a hike or on a run or, or you know, taking a walk. I'll imagine that I can find peace maybe uh, through, through, through music. And all those things maybe bring a, a sense of peace or, or a little bit of a shallow peace, but it's kind of fleeting peace. Um, so, so, uh, uh, so it's really gospel good news, right, that, that Paul kind of directs us. And he says, hey, look, if you're looking for peace, let me tell you where to go. And what he's doing really is, let me tell you who to go to. <laughs> Just see those first few words in this gospel good news statement, right? The God of peace. See, peace and God go together. You can't have one without the other. And, and we talked last week, and it was a little uncomfortable about how God comes and he disrupts us sometimes, and, 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 and he interrupts us sometimes. But he always does that with the end goal of bringing peace, bringing that shalom, bringing that wholeness, bringing that two thumbs up in our hearts. <laughs> um, the, the God of peace, peace and God go together. You can't have peace if you don't have God. And so Paul is giving us just some really helpful direction here and saying, hey, look, you want peace? Are you having a hard time finding it? The place to go to is to God. Because the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Okay, quick survey, quick poll. Anybody connect with at least one of those scenarios? Um. Do, do you think that you could just like put this verse like on a mirror or something and let this be gospel good news for you this week? Do, do, can you think of somebody else in your life that maybe needs to hear this? That, that just needs to hear like, hey, just so you know, like these things that are troubling you and bothering you, they, they don't last forever. Um, the, the disagreements and the the troubles and the losing streaks and all that stuff, that all goes away because we've got a God who wins. And I'm on his team. I hope you will be too. Amen? Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for simple truths that uh, we just sometimes pass over too quickly. Uh, that we sometimes forget, uh, man, as, as hullabaloo and commotion and fuss raise up in this world and in our hearts, we, we, we get off track. And, um, and so we thank you for just a, a simple word of, of good news, uh, that you win, that nothing can defeat you, that, uh, that you are a God of peace who will soon 
uh, crush Satan under our feet. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this good news word. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for winning so many times and promising to win again. Holy Spirit, will you uh, keep this word in front of us as we walk through our week? Let it be good news that enlivens our spirit, uh, puts joy in our hearts, and directs our path. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.